1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC.
2: It's the kind of video that really shouldn't work on YouTube.
3: It's almost an hour long with a full title sequence and even
2: moments of silence.
0: But hold on, silence is bad for
3: retention,
0: right? It was a lesson watching how much can occur in silence and how that can hold your attention. Some of these moments of pause are the most interesting to watch in the entire thing. Data-wise, the retention is fantastic.
2: Michelle Carey is redefining YouTube with her new documentary, I Trained Like an Olympic Boxer.
3: Directed by Garrett Kennell and edited by Ryan Forsyth, this film pushes the concept of a YouTube video into a new
4: I don't think that attention span is going down. I think that people just have a better bullshit meter.
2: Michelle and her team proves the value of making your content premium. And this conversation explores how they made it and why you should focus on making your
1: own premium content.
0: Content creators can challenge traditional media.
1: I want the quality because it shows we can go to deep emotional places on YouTube.
0: When we go this hard is when we find the most impact.
1: The Editing
3: Podcast is brought to you by Riverside. It is the best remote video recording tool for podcasts. You can find out more about them later. I'm really excited because actually you're our first guest back. We're back. We are here to talk about how great the editing was, how great the storytelling was, all of the presentation of it all. And so I do want to ask you guys, is there a scene in this that you guys want to break down?
4: Oof. We love so much of it. <laughs> how do we
1: choose? Yeah. Good.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, right, come <laughs> My favorite scene of the entire video is Michelle's first spar that she does, which happens very early on in the video,
4: very early on in the process. And that's the first thing we edited. It set the pace for the whole video, I think.
1: The entire first round of the spar, is we're like from Tony's perspective, not even Michelle's perspective. We're showing shots of Tony, we're hearing Tony's talking head. First time you step in the ring to spoil with another opponent, you've normally got a lot of nerves going through your body. We're hearing his thoughts about the situation. To me, signals that like Tony is still sort of sussing out Michelle and testing if she's actually ready to take this on herself. That's where I get the tension. We're seeing like Michelle and an Olympian and the Olympian criticizing or silently judging Michelle's performance, diligently watching every step or every move that Michelle was making.
0: good, are good? At the end of this bar, when I fail, when I get knocked down, what really stood out to me about what Ryan accomplished in his edit is the emotional intelligence that Ryan has in that scene. Ryan leaves in this really nice moment of just silence between me and Tony. for, for, for a while. I'm sorry, I'm
4: sorry. That's really the moment where the bond was formed between her and Tony. If you watch the very beginning of that spar, his body language, how he addresses her, and she asks a question. She says,
0: Are there any other like rules or things we need to know? No. That's it? Okay. Just
4: boxing.
1: Okay, Hands up.
0: Cool.
4: And then by the end of that round, she gets knocked down. Oh, you Are you good? And that's where it raises the question for him, is she going to continue? Tony's not
1: 100% sold yet on michelle as an entity it's okay that she got knocked down tony was waiting to see what she would do when if she would get back up and in that moment when they're sitting on the side of the ring in silence that the silence that you kept in which is probably the first thing that most youtube editors would just chop out that silence was the moment where tony realized okay she's gonna get back up and i think i can train this person all the way to the end
0: I think YouTube editors would have cut that out and just moved on to the next thing. Michelle failed and let's see the next thing of training. It was a lesson, you know, to me watching how much can occur in silence and how that can hold your attention and retention in that too.
4: I remember watching all of the footage and I I came to you guys and I was like, hey, this is a story about your relationship with Tony and your journey that. You're going on together.
1: Well, and I think that informs what will be satisfying at the end. Like, let's say Michelle doesn't win the fight and in, in the end. As long as her relationship with Tony is paid off and satisfied at the end, that will be fulfilling enough, even if she loses. I mean, that's sort of like the Rocky mm-hmm. uh, trajectory.
4: It's like any boxing movie. Like, what is it really about? Like, boxing is just the element to tell the story about a relationship that's occurring. It's the re- relationship between the coach. Usually it's a love interest. We got you guys in at the end. I think they know Garrett's behind the camera. So
0: when we were filming this project we were trying to hire another editor for our team mm. and so we gave a scene the first bar that to ryan who had applied to the job he killed the edit as you can see i mean currently in the, the video it's one of the most rewatched, high retention points of the video and after he edited that we hired him so, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like can you Got do the rest job. of this video now
1: <laughs> the edit that is in the video right now is almost completely unchanged from your original test edit.
3: So if you identified early on that this film is actually about the relationship between Michelle and Tony, how did that inform your edit?
4: Like I said earlier, became our North Star. As this unfolded over the course of a year and a half, that story kept evolving. Uh, if you'll remember, he Tony left like after the first 12 weeks.
0: Tony is becoming a nomad and traveling the world with his family.
5: I'm here for you. I'm I'm on your team, obviously.
0: When I think of like like who I'm doing this for, it's it's obviously for me, but it's it's for you. Oh, man. Oh, I
4: appreciate that. Thank you so much. He's one
0: of our main Means characters. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and my Dennis. coach. So what am I
3: gonna do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Story first, guys. The fight's in the second.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: the real tragedy
1: is in the edit. How do we fix that? As storytellers, was a really interesting thing to try to solve.
5: You know, when we were able to introduce Kevin. My name is Kevin Watson, and I'm taking over for Tony. Does that make you nervous? Which, which part? The Tony part? It managed
4: to make our stories that much stronger.
0: Kevin in real life was not someone we cast. He was Tony's saying, Kevin, you're going to step up to the plate and do this.
1: But we were going to just say, oh, Tony's still coaching you from afar. And we weren't even going to bring Kevin in as a fully-fledged character. Yeah, I think you identified in the last couple weeks of training that Kevin was, have like, he was transforming and having his own arc. And you told me, hey, I don't think you know this, Garrett, but Kevin has never cornered anyone before in a real fight, like ever.
0: During the fight, he ascended into a new human in the corner. I was like, You're a different person. I had (laughs) him in my ear
4: because I had his love on him. Oh my God. I was like, Who is this guy?
0: Yeah. It was always
3: like a quiet
1: guy before, and then suddenly he was in the fight. Well,
0: you know, he's a Libra, very introverted.
1: (laughs) Kevin and Tony are, they co own the gym together, they're business partners. Tony's the Olympian.
0: that doesn't look good, Jim, and that doesn't come. Above.
1: Kevin is the other half to that. There's a little bit of Kevin being in Tony's Olympic shadow sometimes, just inevitably. Kevin
5: really looks up
1: to Tony as a trainer and as a coach.
5: I've got big shoes to fill, and I hope that I fill them.
1: And so now we started to identify oh, this is not just Michelle proving to Tony, this is also Kevin proving himself to Tony. When both Michelle and Kevin go to the fight together, They're both fighting. Like, Mm -hmm. Kevin is fighting in the corner just as much as Michelle's fighting out in the ring.
0: And after that, I think we were all so impressed with his performance that I felt that it needed to be a bigger part of the storyline. And then we, at that point, found out way more about his familial situation, his personal connection to Creator Clash.
5: To to know that an event like this is supporting uh, the longest day, the Alzheimer's Association, that was just... You know, icing on the cake for me. My mom has been the most amazing person in my life. In uh, 2014, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And to know that my mom's gonna forget who I am is like the worst thing I can imagine, But, but we fight.
0: Weeks of training with Kevin is when we find out about his own motivation, his his mom who has Alzheimer's, and his own personal fight. We didn't know any of that until very close to the fight. And we we're like, this is such an important part of the story for us to tell.
3: Did, did he mention it off camera? And indie you guys go, wait, we have to get this?
0: He would mention like, hey, I'm, I'm going home for this weekend. And I didn't really know what it meant. And eventually I found out he's going home once a month to be the caretaker his family. And it literally wasn't until after the fight happened that I, you know, with a broken nose, was like, Garrett, <laughs> I think we need to do a talking head with Kevin and, and Jack <laughs> is the story. That's gonna it gonna be was so like good. a week before
4: we put the video out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like we're yeah. gonna do a talking head with Kevin now. Like, we
0: have to do this. It was one of the last things it was the last <laughs> thing we shot for the video.
3: So this was recorded in our studio and we also record podcasts remotely and we're able to get that 4K crispy video with Riverside.
2: If you're not using Riverside for all of your virtual meetings, you're making a big mistake.
3: I've even been using it for consultations. As soon as we're done, I get to send them the entire
2: recording. And not to mention the recording quality is fricking, it's good. Which is why we like to use it for podcasting. And we love it because it records each audio and video track separately. So that editing is such a breeze when we get into posts. Which means our editor can get started on cutting it Almost immediately. And even if you or your guest has absolute garbage internet, it doesn't matter. Because remember that one time when we were in the hotel room? I mean, the call kept on jostling. I thought we lost it, but because
3: Riverside records locally and then uploads, the call was perfect. And it's easy for the guests. They don't need to install anything. You just send them the link and you can start recording.
2: It even says, like, roll out the red carpet. It's kind of of cool. Yeah, it makes me feel special. It makes
3: me feel so special. Riverside can also auto-transcribe your recording and use its text-based editing tool to edit it right there. If you're podcasting, creating video content, or recording online calls, then sign up to riverside.fm for free and use code editing podcast for
2: 20% off. And you can find that link in the description and we'll see you back in the interview.
0: One of my favorite parts of the video that came about because of this new story discovery we made was the moment when Kevin and I go to the arena to see what the crowd looks like before the fight. Again, I think this is another scene that probably most people would have cut out. Let's just get to the fight as soon as we can. It's
4: my favorite scene in the whole thing. Can't take credit for it. It was all Garrett.
3: Talk us through that scene then. Like how you made that one work for you.
1: Well, it wasn't originally in the story bar and then we were going through the footage and we saw this moment of Kevin taking Michelle out to the arena to see the crowd for the first time because he noticed Michelle was getting really nervous and I was like, oh, that's an amazing way to sort of develop their relationship with each other. and fully have Kevin fully gain your trust right before you go out. And I think and what we did with score even in that scene and why I think it feels so cathartic is because we play a very specific track during their bond. And then... The scene transitions into michelle going out to walk out herself to actually walk out into the arena and we play the same song but the more you know the a different version of the song and the more, more climactic triumphant. triumphant version of that song and so we sort of built that in as the theme of their developing relationship
0: i'll tell you an editing secret of that scene another reason this scene is very beautiful is because it's me watching Haley who was my sparring partner, win her fight, which, you know, gives me the motivation to go off and win mine. The truth is, when we were out there watching the arena, we were watching a completely different fight. <laughs> 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 I saw that coming. Liars! I, now I will say, <laughs> Haley did inspire me to win my fight, but we were watching it backstage, getting ready.
3: Editing is lying, poetic liars. That's what I call it. You still play towards the truth in her witnessing it in the stadium, but you still kind of focus it on just like the emotional truth as well. The,
1: the truth was still expressed. That was a really cool story to tell. It's a really interesting, like three-character dynamic that I, I've never experienced before or gotten to edit.
3: That's really, really incredible editing. A really neglected rule that I see in a lot of editing that I think you guys actually managed to put a lot of attention in is ensuring, is this scene going to affect something else much later in the film? It really connects everything together. and I think mean, that's actually a really important discipline. And right.
1: I mean, over a course of a training video, this is a year of footage. How do we choose what beats from each training session do we show? Once we saw the fight, we went back and we tweaked all of our training sessions. So the reason we did this is because during the fight, there are very specific things that Michelle did well or did not do well. And we needed to set each of those things up. If your nose bleeds, it's common for someone like Never do that. I get, my coach will go crazy. If I- we set that moment up in that training session, because in the fight on round three, Michelle gets punched in the nose, she bleeds, and she does exactly that
3: dad though andrea she answers back a little blood seeping out of the nose here from michelle she makes
1: the exact mistake that tony warns her about not making well i did it
0: um, when it was safe okay <laughs> <laughs> did it after the separated us and I had a second cool.
4: that nosebleed moment we didn't find that until the final days of editing this thing but that final week was like a crazy push to be connecting all of these pieces finding new pieces a scene that already had
1: selects we had to say screw the selects we, oh yeah we have different. Mm-hmm insight now. So right. we need to now watch the raw footage again, knowing we're looking for a, a nosebleed mention now, which maybe we never wanted to include. We rewatched that psychology scene, that training scene with Tony, and then we found the moment where Tony's talking about getting punched in the face and does the exact motion that Michelle does in the fight. Mm. And we could not believe <laughs> that <laughs> and we found that shot during the fight itself. The idea is you need to sort of relearn all of your lessons with Tony so that we still think while the fight's happening, it's not already won. We're still, there is still tension can she relearn these lessons before the fight ends and can she seal the deal?
0: I think it was a great lesson for us that in any project we do, when we edit that final scene, go back and make sure everything has a little tie from earlier in the video.
2: I think I might've made the mistake if I was editing this to keep in a lot of that, like, oh, we're trying to find this fight. We can't find it, we can't find it.
0: Literally none of the training I'm doing matters if I can't get on a fight card. I've had a few very promising calls. There are a couple different organizations that are interested. Hey, we got an offer from misfits, but I just need to find this opponent.
2: When do you know what conflict to keep in and what conflict to cut out?
0: To me, it felt like, Just enough amount. This video is sort of like a timeline as well. And I mean, there were seven months when I couldn't find a fight. I think there's a perspective that for influencer boxing, these matches just fall out of the sky or, you know, that might happen for some people, but it did not happen for me.
1: It is boring conflict. We needed to find a way. How do we make that more interesting? Almost like teasing who is our antagonist
0: going to be? Be fighting Andrea Botes in Creator
1: Clash 2. Because once she finds a fight, our antagonist mm. appears suddenly.
3: It looks like you guys had like multiple story beats that you needed to work through, which is her training, it is finding the fight.
1: There were more issues, so <laughs> by the end of the fight camp, Pony leaves the country. Another problem is she gets injured on week 11. And we don't use that footage. We don't tell that story. We actually
0: didn't because there were so many problems that it created this too hopeless, all is lost moment when we showed it to a couple people. They're like, man, I was like really sad by Uh. the time all of this happen to you but it's
3: meant to be responding you being a becoming a badass like sure yeah. but we
0: felt that it was a little too like we're hitting rock bottom and so we had to pull a few of those things away and shorten it just a little bit so that it's enough of a downturn in the roller coaster but not too much
1: it's a little too much to focus yeah. on obstacles only work if we know where we're headed and if we literally don't know where we're going because there's no fight in sight then it, it just is feels bad to want cutting out obstacles
3: actually kept this flow a lot better
1: like
0: ironically that. and I think a lot of issue with current YouTube videos is there's not enough conflict or the stakes aren't real they're very fabricated you
2: had too much conflict
0: (laughs) take some of ours (laughs) Um,
2: the reason the conflict didn't work
1: though was because there wasn't a goal in sight to go off that that's exactly what we did when this montage concludes She lands a fight. She gets the fight. I
0: will be fighting Andrea Botez in Creator Clash 2.
1: And then we reveal Tony left the country. So it's Ah. like the fight's happening, but here's the problem my coach is gone. So the obstacles make sense Mm. once we know where we're headed.
2: Well, no, I think the thing that really surprised me about the video overall was the amount of time that you spent on building the tension before the fight at the arena. And that was the time that I think it really set into me as an audience member how big of a deal this was and how nervous you were. It allowed me to feel that, and the stakes were raised so much more in the actual fight because of you had spent, like, I don't know, 10 minutes or something just hanging out in front of the actual fight. And that was like a huge chunk of the video.
0: That's the, the most vulnerable part of the experience is that hour and a half before you go out there. It's not actually the fight. It's right before because that's when your mind is going crazy. And to me, that was an important part of the experience of the fighter experience that I wanted included in the video.
1: And her intention was there are two main backstage scenes. The first one is Michelle watching uh, Sabrina's fight on the TV. And she's watching these two people go at it and beat each other up, and
5: that freaks Michelle in. I could sense Michelle was getting kind of nervous, and I knew, okay, I got to keep her calm, I got to keep her, you know, relaxed. And you won't be in this position. She will be. And
1: that's making her start to get nervous. Kevin swoops in, and is like, alright, I recognize she's nervous, and the second main scene is them going back out now to a, a more heightened version of the, of the arena, and Kevin proving to Michelle, it's not that bad, it's all good things, right? And then you watch a second fight, but with a completely different feel to it. Now it's triumphant. Now it, it's inspiring you. Thumbs out forward. Nice right hand from Marisha. Now we're trading a little bit here.
4: There is the bell. What a finish. What a
1: finish. Everything
3: you've described, I felt, but I didn't realize that story as in like explicitly until you pointed it out. And you guys' content does that really, really well, where I think you kind of trust the audiences. You don't have to tell them how to feel. You're actually trusting them to that they will be able to understand It themselves.
4: If we do our jobs well enough, they'll connect with that story and with that emotion. And that's always my number one goal.
2: That's amazing. I think... I mean, I cried, once, <laughs> Wow! it was like, yeah, it was so emotional. I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to, you know, reverse engineer it and be like, why was I so emotional? And I think I would just like to ask you, like, what do you think it was that ripped into the the audience's hearts?
4: Honestly, I think it is that build, the build and the tension that we build for that entire ar- arrival at the arena to the time of the walkout. Like I tear up during the walkout, honestly. I'm just like, holy Like, what did we just experience, (laughs) you know? I remember walking into that locker room and the scene that you talk about with watching Sabrina, like we were like looking at the screen, like, where are we? It was a totally new environment for us. So it was easy to go back and, and say, well, this is... True. We experienced this. This was tense. Mm -hmm. And then the moment with Kevin was so beautiful out in the arena. So it's just those peaks and valleys of that journey to the fight, I think, that really gets you there, (laughs) gets you to tear up.
2: Hi. Smooth transition. (laughs) We just wanted to take a moment to let you know about some of our favorite products. Did you know that running a YouTube channel is really hard? We didn't. We've been podcasting for almost a year now, and it's like a startup life. And
3: Creative Juice understands that making a creative business is messy and confusing.
2: And they found ways to make it as easy as possible with... Juice Club. It's the ultimate members-only community for creators like you and Hayden and I. Hello. Looking to level up their business. And here's all the perks that they will give you. Creator community, monthly
3: ad sets, advances, unlimited bookkeeping, growth tools,
2: and beta brand boosts too. As the creator economy continues to boom, most creators end up feeling
3: isolated. I mean literally, me and Jordan are in two completely different buildings and we're working together. Like, I haven't seen them in weeks. I miss you, bro. I miss you too, man. We need to hang out more. We do a podcast. Hey, I miss you so much community and resources can be the difference between a creator burnout or growth you deserve Financial tools and resources catered to your needs So if you want to join the juice club hit the link in the description and we'll see you in there Do you like this music it makes footage like this feel gorgeous to watch
2: and feel and it's easy to put in your videos with track club it's a sound library that's disciplined and not bloating itself with hundreds of thousands of tracks but it only keeps the great ones that can complement your footage to feel like this
3: we even use track club with our pixar intro the music's so good it works with pixar I can even download the stems, throw them in a multicam and just start with the pianos and then slowly bring in each instrument myself. I have total control of how I want the music to play
2: in my content. And if you wanna keep it simple, you can even do it with MixLab. If you want your content to feel as good as this, go ahead and hit the link in the description to get your free month of Track Club now. I think the other thing about the final fight scene that just really like made the tears fall was all the reaction shots. Because I think the the characters that you built and the way that you set that up, the reaction shots were so clutch. They showed, I think, the real maturity that you have as far as storytelling. I also love the moment when Tony was like celebrating like a little a little hit and he was like, Oh, I shouldn't be like celebrating. Something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am, like, this yeah. And so I just want to hear like what, what your thought process was putting that that together.
4: Well, we knew going into shooting it that we needed to have camera on Tony. He's our one of our main characters, obviously. I pretty much held on Tony when we were shooting it the whole time uh, during the fight. I barely got to watch the fight. I just watched Tony through my, through my screen. <laughs> yeah, those reaction shots are really what enhances the story because we're seeing now Tony, who can't directly speak to Michelle, react with his, again, body language to try to Pull something out of her, which then inevitably pulls it out of our viewer and, and enhances that narrative. Yeah, like an extra reaction shot of Tony
1: did more than just adding another punch yeah. in from the yeah.
4: fight. There's even a moment uh the, the, the very end, Michelle lands this massive shot to close the fight, literally at the bell. From the, the punch, I think it goes like huge punch hit, Tony's reaction... Kevin's reaction, then Kevin bursts into the ring. Then we cut to Michelle celebrating, throwing her hands up, which is like so many cuts within like a Millisecond. What was interesting about this is my intuition was, oh, we should have the
1: final hit be this big, slow mo, huge hit where we really sell the power and like that will, you know, sell that Michelle won. And you fought me on that. And you said, no, no, no. Michelle landing that punch in slow mo is not what's going to make us feel good. What's going to make us feel good is Tony's reaction to the punch. Yeah, I think
5: that's going to be all she wrote there.
1: So the punch happens in regular speed, and then you immediately cut to boom, Tony boom, boom. reacting to that punch. And that's what makes us feel like it was a win. Yeah, and Kevin slamming on them so, the I'm glad you fought me on that, because <laughs> yeah. that completely changed the end of yes. how you feel in that <laughs> moment.
3: I get that, because as an editor, that's a cool shot. So you want to put that in, but you prioritize the story.
0: Yeah, it's just like you did in the spar. I mean, that was foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. same type of thing. We basically went through every round of the fight and determined if you had to summarize this round in one sentence, what is it, and make sure that each round and the shots that you all chose as a part of it Contributed to that story of winning or losing or my nose breaking, whatever it may be. What
3: was the narrative beats of round one, and how did you make those cuts work?
4: Michelle drew a whole little arc roller coaster. Yeah, I drew a about really
3: bad diagram. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and in round one, it was really finding. Michelle comes out, finding her footing, finding her. We we're getting a sense of the space. She's, you know, bouncing around, and you hear the commentators talking about that.
3: Michelle bouncing on that lead foot. Look at the turn. This is an experience. A boxer I'm seeing right now, nice jab from Michelle.
4: Then she starts to swing that overhand right. She misses. Mm-hmm. So she's still kind of sussing this out, trying to figure out what you know. How am I going to get my strategy to be effective? I'm telling you, man, great- then we go to our first corner. Kevin's
1: now like, "This is what you're doing wrong. This is how you can fix it." We learned this in training. Pace kind of picks up a little bit
4: in round two. Well,
0: let's see what happens next.
4: Um, she starts to land a little bit more, but still not the heroic kind of overhand right that we want. And the commentators start calling her out.
3: That right hand, she's gone to it a couple times now. Maybe starting to get a bit repetitive. She's just swinging the yeah. big right hand.
4: Even, even Tony, he's like, she's swinging his overhand right and uh, not doing anything. <laughs> and that overhand right is like, is
1: built up throughout the entire episode. Like that's her secret weapon. And if she can't get her secret weapon working, she's not going to win this fight. It's not until round three where... The nose breaks. Nice jab, though. Andrea, she answers back. A little blood seeping out of the nose here from
3: Michelle.
4: I think that was one of the peaks of our story structure for the, the fight. When her nose breaks, we were able to take that and use it as the beast mode, that we call it. Because then something clicked in her, in reality, that she just started connecting. I don't know what it was. She saw the blood and just went full beast mode.
5: (laughs) (laughs) She stepped back, kind of wiped her nose a little bit. I could just see the look on Michelle's face. Beast mode was activated.
3: So that was round three. How did you make round four work?
4: Round four is our, uh, our antagonist scene. Uh which is Andrea. Not actually an antagonist in real life, but she's She's our, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) very sweet girl. Round four is our villain
1: round and that's because Michelle got the edge, but we can't let her keep that edge. And so after she unlocks beast mode, now we need the villain to have their moment to come back and their moment to shine. So then we cut to Andrea's corner. That
5: right hand is fresh.
1: Coach talking about Michelle's flaws, what she's doing wrong, and how Andrea can overcome that. The music completely changes from that point. You hit harder, you're longer, you're stronger. We found some really interesting songs that almost, literally like a villain theme, like low strings that are sort of driving us and upping the tension. And she comes out in round four and we needed Andrea to win that round in the edit because she won it in real life. She won that round and we needed to feel that in the edit. And so we showed as much of Michelle missing her shots as we could and as much of Andrea landing her gnarliest shots as we could.
3: Woo! Ah, nice counter there from Andrea Botez.
1: It feels like Michelle takes the L. It like is brutal, it's a it's a brutal round.
3: So now that sounds like Michelle's in trouble. So how do you make round five work then?
4: Round yeah. five, Garrett, you really brought that one home. We start to really feel that Michelle's got it in the bag.
3: Oh. Highly contested, oh. right hand. 25 seconds left, Jane Andréa turned it.
1: But every like anamorphic shot was Michelle landing those big overhand rights, the one secret weapon that she couldn't pull off. She's trained this whole time to land, couldn't pull it off in the first couple rounds. And now we're seeing her hit success time and time again with those shots. We hold on a long shot of Andrea getting tired, an anamorphic shot that is just Andrea missing and standing there tired and just stretching that moment out. A lot of storytelling with Tony and Kevin. You see Kevin on the mm-hmm. side of the ring, bring his overhand right down that's and your then- That's favorite cut? That's one of my favorite moments. And then Michelle does the exact same moment and clocks Andrea with one of those gnarly overhand rights.
4: Shab down the pipe
1: and sort of telling the story of everything that she's been coached and is being told on the sidelines, Michelle's now able to finally execute.
5: Amazing. Yes, Michelle. Oh you did it. You <laughs> did it. You <laughs> it right there. Good job, Michelle. Hey, hands up. Get your hands
2: up. I mean, this this whole video is like almost 50 minutes which is not a normal YouTube video. It's a film. It's a film. It's a yeah. documentary. I even, I was like stalking you on the community tab and you're like, our documentary comes out and they yeah. are like, oh, okay, this is not a YouTube video. And like you had a title sequence, The it started, you know, fairly slow compared to most YouTube videos. Yeah, it felt like a feature length doc. What was the thought process behind that?
0: Well, first of all, I want to say, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we've heard that this week, like this is not a YouTube video. And I want, this to be what a YouTube video can be. It's on YouTube. It's a YouTube video. And I think people need to get with the program that this is the quality that's headed their way. I have always believed that content creators can challenge traditional media and networks and studios. And it's really our time, period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as the opening... Go! The opening was something we we struggled with for a while, actually. I mean, there were so many different versions of how we were going to approach the opening, because it's like, do we do a traditional cold open crazy training montage or show and all is lost moment at the beginning? We were on a walk and I did another one of these crazy walks that we go on. <laughs> to
2: be
3: crazy if you want to go for a walk.
0: <laughs> Garrett, f it. Let's just do a f-ing title sequence.
2: Dance.
0: But like with YouTube in mind, so like, you know, we're definitely thinking about retention this entire time. So obviously in the beginning, we're like, okay, let's hook them with you're going to watch a crazy fight at the end of this video. So we show the play out of, um, you know, the announcing of our names and we're about to fight. And then uh, I wanted to hook people in that moment and then command. Now you're going to sit down and get ready for the journey we're about to take you on.
1: The film school version of me is like yeah let's do it (laughs) but the YouTube version of me was like oh this is not gonna work in 30-45 seconds we show what Michelle was saying the lead up of the fight you click on the thumbnail you immediately are launched into the fight it's about to happen the tension is rising oh my god how are we going to get here Uh, huge bass drop
4: (laughs) huge huge bass drop
0: We, we
1: come up on an old timey song and a slow drawn out credit sequence that was sort of our little like Raging Bull homage. Um, we wanted to pay some homages to, you know, the famous boxing movies that sort of came before what we were trying to do and that was our little our nod to Raging Bull. We had many r- nods to to Rocky throughout. I didn't think it was going to work at first and you proved me wrong. What the credit sequence ended up doing is signaling to the audience, hey, grab your popcorn, sit down, you're going to watch this like
0: it's a movie. we can share that's really cool data-wise is the retention is fantastic in the title sequence. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? There were two things I think that were interesting about this. Mm -hmm. If we had started on the title sequence, it wouldn't have worked. And the other thing was that we had the benefit that nobody on YouTube is doing title sequences because of retention. And so it was actually like we were presenting a new idea in a way, it's not new. What I think the title sequence tells in terms of story is humanity and reality. Like sure, what you see on a live stream of any boxing event is the crowd and the hype and everything, but we're forgetting like this is an empty room where this magic is made. These are just chairs, this is just a ring. And what makes it who it is are the people you're gonna watch. Throughout the rest of this film.
4: That was beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> You've
3: given us something fresh. Something that we've not really seen before on this platform. The whole quality of this video. It is something uh, like I think incredibly rare and incredibly powerful. And I think both of us uh, want more of this. I tweeted... This is what YouTube should be Uh, in terms of this is what I think YouTube like can be and I think a lot of creators have the potential to be able to create content like this as well. For you, why is this quality of content so important for you guys?
0: <laughs> good. Because it's good. All right, cool. call us over.
1: <laughs> I, I want the quality because it shows we can go to deep emotional places on YouTube.
0: I also personally think that the take of silence is boring is something I wanted to disprove in this piece because well, as we've discussed, I mean some of these moments of pause are the most interesting to watch. <laughs> They make you hold your breath, they make you cry. Like that's when you really feel things. Because in my opinion, it's, it's a tight edit. It's very fast, it, it grabs you. And there are a lot of, you know, elements of retention storytelling that we employ. So I'm not like, we're trying to merge both worlds here.
3: This video is a really, really good example of if you can tell the story really, really well, you will have everyone's retention the entire video.
0: Thank you. Did you just laugh? At <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was laughing
2: at how you emphasized the word retention. <laughs> I was trying to be all dramatic about
3: it. Was good. It was me laugh. I liked it. I liked it. It was good.
0: To further elaborate on like why why do I think this quality is interesting to include on YouTube? I think personally, it's out of unique competitive advantage necessity. When we go this hard is when we find the most impact. I mean, the the ones where we go in this direction are always the episodes that make the most impact and honestly get the most views. The algorithm has, out of necessity, pushed us into this direction, and I'm really grateful.
2: So what is it like to... Put this much work into a single YouTube video.
0: It's really exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it almost though. killed us. <laughs> I, I, my I know that feeling. Yeah. It's just uh,
3: putting yeah. everything into something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I mean, spending 18 months on one single YouTube video is absolutely not sustainable. That's not what I'm trying to advocate for here. But I feel like once a year, twice a year, we have these projects that lead us on a path of discovery that we weren't anticipating. We thought this video was gonna be 12 weeks. I fight somebody. Somebody, we all move on. Another episode of Challenge Accepted. And where it took us was to hell and back because by God, did we not want it to last this long. But I'm so proud of, of what it was. You know, sometimes you can fight and wrestle the story. And I mean, in fact, we were going to upload a version of this video in December and we were just like, no, you can force a story or you can just let it take you somewhere. And when you let it take you somewhere, that is such a better life experience in the end. Having my hand raised in the fight was one uh you know one version of accomplishment but uploading this video was equally if not more exciting
3: i don't to that i don't know how to respond to that that was just beautiful <laughs> <laughs>